This episode of Kindred Spirits is brought to you in part by Mundy Development. Whether you're beginning your first real estate purchase or you're a seasoned investor, Mundy Development can assist you with all aspects of the process. Kick off your next investment by visiting mundydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com. You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Podcast Network, Ted here, John here, here to talk a little bit of what, well, mostly U.S. Women's National Team, maybe a little Washington. We have a, we have a wonderful interview coming up. We'll, we'll tease that in a minute. But first, John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your, how was your day? I'm, I'm good. It was, it was not bad. I enjoyed uh, talking to a certain Washington Spirit captain last week. <laughs> about sort of her year so far and what what's changed. So I think I think people are going to enjoy that. That's what that's what I've been. I've been looking forward to having this show come out since I recorded it last week. So nice. Today's a good day. Today is a good day. We're going to have some an awesome interview coming up. There was a spirit game to review. Um, if you if you weren't aware, first time listening, welcome. Most of you, I think, are the hardcore and knew there was no spirit game. So we're going to we're going to talk a little. Uh, the U.S. women did play. Uh, we have a major, major injury that we maybe we could talk a little bit about. Um, I, I woke up to I woke up very early this morning, just like weirdly early, and I picked up my phone, which is what you're not supposed to do when you wake up early, because as soon as you look at uh, the screen, your brain melts and then you're awake. Uh, but I did that, and there was a rumor that I thought was a rumor that uh, Sam Sam Kerr was coming back to NWSL, but it was actually that she's playing. She's going to go to Rangers and play with another person named Sam Kerr. <laughs> and I got very, it was, you know, it was four in the morning. So I was not at my, I was not at my peak brain performance, but I thought for a set, for whatever reason, my brain was like, Sam Kerr's coming back to NWSL. She's going to come to the spirit two striker, two striker, two up top, her and Ashley Hatch. Uh, but that's not happening. So there's, there's no rumors ever. That's the worst part about NWSL is that there's no paper talk. We can't, we can't get excited about players that are going to come here. Uh, but doesn't mean that we don't get excited about the fact that they're going, they're back in action this weekend, uh, and uh, and hopefully back to three points because I think this is a this is a good chance to. I'll, I'll, by the way, for those of you who uh, do not know, there is going to be a show that comes out on Friday that covers both DC United and the Washington Spirit. The timing is so that I can have an opportunity to go, to go to or listen to the press conferences for both teams and then sort of get you ready right before the game uh, with with uh, you know everything you need to know. Where will you be able to listen to that? Only on our Patreon, patreon.com slash RFKRefugees. Anybody at the $5 tier or up will get this show, that show, uh, Friday morning is when you'll get it, most likely, bending if there's any sort of weird news I got to cover. But if that's something you're interested in, take a look. Uh, I'm excited to have that. I'll do that again this week, and we'll have uh, up-to-the-minute stuff for the Spirit as they go down and play uh, The Courage down in... North Carolina. Yep, North Carolina. Let's uh, let's get into the. Uh, let's talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the U.S. Women's National Team game against Ireland. Uh, they did win two to nothing, uh, but I think the somewhat overshadowed, somewhat overshadowed uh, by the injury to Mallory Pugh. Before we get into that, I, I do think maybe let's talk a little. Mallory Swanson. Sorry, sorry do I, I'm Ma- sure Mallory Swanson. They have to be Swanson somewhere. She's, she, you know, it, she, a she has said it. She has said it was fine to call her Mallory Pugh. Oh, don't don't blow your knee out like she did. Please. I just I just <laughs> I just I just smashed my desk with a with a. Oh, oof. OK, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Listen, if if 
I saw what happened to her knee. That did not happen to my knee, at least. So that will, I'll, I will move on. By the way, you, were you watching that live by any chance? I, I, w- I, I, I was not. I had to watch it on the replay. They showed that injury once and one time only. And, and as soon as the, as soon as a picture of her knee came across the screen, I was like, I know exactly what that was. That is very bad news. And I think there's definitely a thing. Shock must come in. Because after she's on the ground for a while and she's getting she's getting wheeled off, she's talking to Vladko. She's like, "I'll be back. I'm fine. No problem. I'm good." Like, <laughs> Buddy, you're not. <laughs> you are. You are I very mean, not. Your knee is all jacked up. No, the, there there's some adrenaline. I think there's some adrenaline going there. And, and and I mean, we talk about. Let's get into the injury. I was gonna say let's talk about the game first a little bit, then talk the injury. But I think the injury is. I mean, this is a this is incredibly unfortunate. I mean, I I would say they're 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 being undetermined about her time frame. I cannot see a pathway from this injury that she makes it back for the world cup, which is utterly, utterly devastating for her because, you know, she was a very bright talent for this team, uh, for, for this U S women's team. She sort of fell off a little bit, but really, you know, the, the main storyline heading into 2023 was the fact that Mally Swanson had really sort of grown as a player. She'd become a more complete player and she was sort of very much ready. I mean, there were, I think there was a whole featurette um, on her, not for the, for the last win, I think for the last friendly window and this was supposed to be a moment. And if you talk about one player, other than maybe Sophia Smith, who's looked like probably the best, it's been Mallory Swanson. Um, yeah. So that in and of itself is incredibly just sad and disappointing, I think, for her. Um, I mean, she basically is going to possibly miss this World Cup roster. Uh, it's really, really unfortunate. I just feel I feel honestly very terrible for her. I think it's it's really bad. You know what? I think this is something interesting. I always like to talk about the weird or unique, I should say, to be value neutral sort of relationship there is between the U.S. national team and NWSL. No one has said the words Chicago Red Stars <laughs> at all since last weekend. And Chicago has literally nothing else going for it other than Mallory Swanson. Uh, and now she is out, you know, likely four months plus recovery time, most likely. Uh, also I, I would say a patellar tendon is not something you want to rush back, particularly, you know, you're still a young player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said that it's a struggle. Like when, you know, injuries are always unfair, but when it happens this close to a world cup and they're so far, you know, they're so infrequent that it just seems like cosmically unfair. And then in my mind, my first thing was like, that does happen a lot. Maybe it should happen every two years because <laughs> I feel like four years is a long way to wait. It's it's, you know, no, it's... For, for I know I'm not for for most careers. That's like a 25 percent of your career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it is. And, and look, at she's 24 right now. So next World Cup, she would be 28. Um, so still definitely a path for her to get an Certainly. opportunity at a World Cup. Um, you, but she was hot as a pistol. Yeah. Like she's never going to have she won't she won't be this hot again. This is a once in a career like run a form that she happened to be on and this just happened to happen. Yeah. So, and I think, I think from, from the short term and we, obviously we, we hope she certainly gets better and everything like that. We can't forget about the long term for her, but I think for the short term, this, this presents, I will say this right off the bat. I do not think the U S women's national team is going to win the world cup. Uh, I I'm coming right off the bat and saying like, Without Mallory Swanson, they have a massive hole to fill. And against this team against Ireland, they did they did not look good. I mean, they haven't looked good. I would say they have not looked dominant against an opponent. It's been a long time since we've watched a game and been like, wow, that was a great Washington Spirit performance. That wasn't just that was purely team. It wasn't individually focused. I think Mallory Swanson had a great um a great she believes cup. 
But I think there's been very few moments when you thought that this team looked comfortable. Like the Canada game was maybe the first big test. And obviously that was overshadowed for a lot of other reasons. Uh, They obviously played well against Japan and and against Brazil. But it it just you get the sense that this is a team that is undergoing a little bit of rebuilding. They're trying to find their identity, uh, you know, past. They've got a lot of still a lot of very talented players. Trini Robbins, still very talented. Sophia Smith's really talented. They've got some leaders now in the clubhouse uh, and Rose Lavelle. Um, and obviously, you know, Alex Morgan probably coming back as well. Um, Lynn, uh, Julie Ertz is back. I think the Julie Ertz, the Julie Ertz edition, which we talk about, that was pretty controversial. I think it was purely because yeah. the, uh, is like, I need some leadership in this room. I need some, some organization, some guidance. And she certainly brings that. So if she is fit and good play, she will make this roster. Um, I, I bring it up on the interview here that we're going to draw. Well, I haven't said who it's with. Where I'm talking to Aubrey Bledsoe, mm-hmm. uh, we we sort of I sort of brought this up mm-hmm. is that sometimes there's rules and then there are uh, special player rules mm-hmm. where uh, Vlatko's asked when does Kat Macario get called in and he's like she needs to play games for her club team first because she's been injured and yet <laughs> to 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 your point there was a there's a Julie Earth sized leadership hole in this team. Uh, and he's going to bend his rules to to make sure that that gets fixed. And yet you understand it because this team is clearly missing something. And lots of fans will say, maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's the lineups that he throws out there. Maybe it's a lot of different things and it's not just leaders. But I think that there is he, this. This is going to cause some some soul searching as far as what he's going to do, because, you know, earlier in the cycle, Ashley Hatch was on fire. She scored every game for about five or six games in a row. And then it turned into the, the Mallory Swanson show. And now they've got to figure out to your point, where does that, what does that, what does that change? Do you change your formation? Mm-hmm. Do you try to do a like for like Trinity Rodman moves up the, moves up the the pecking order, maybe becomes she'll, a starter. She'll get some, she'll definitely get, a, I think it improves her as you never want injury to improve a player. You want it merit purely merit, but I mean, this does, I think improve her chances of certainly making the roster. I think she was always going to make the roster, but I think being a larger role in this, uh, in this world cup than maybe, maybe we would have seen, um, maybe we would have seen otherwise. I think, you know, keeping this somewhat spirit focused, I think I would have liked to have seen Andy Sullivan, uh, perform a little bit better or, or stand out a little bit more. She's obviously, fighting inertia at this point with this Julie Ertz move. I don't think the the good thing for her is that Ertz is not going to be 90 minutes fit. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Now, theoretically she's in negotiations with multiple NWSL teams and she will be playing before the cup, but I don't think, you know, we'll see. She's not there yet. And it's not going to be the spirit. I there's time. I think there's an opportunity where she could get, I think there's enough time to, to, to get her fit. If, if she gets a team quickly, I think someone, someone's going to go and sign her. I think that's pretty obvious. I kind of wish it was spirit to be honest, because I think we need some help out there, but I, I don't think, I think from a salary and cap perspective, uh, could you imagine that for Andy Sullivan's brain explodes? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Never, fair enough. Never mind. You talked me out of it. You talked me out of it. I think, I, I I'm think, looking you know, at it Andy, purely from a get help to the spirit numbers, so they are sure. not thin. But you're right; I do not think that would that actually makes sense. The one pl- the one position we could not take, I think, <laughs> center backs, send them our way. Yeah, <laughs> send them, we'll absolutely take some of those. But I think you know, Andy's played herself onto the roster. Mm-hmm. I think unless Flacco wants to be completely insane and put all of his eggs in a basket of a player who's coming back from a long break off. So that was the big thing, right? That was the question. She she was the last she was the last cut off the roster last time. I think she's made it, uh, and, she, and she's you know, been talk- she's been an integral part. I, I would 
I would put I would say her position is more is safer than uh, than a player like Ashley Sanchez um, mm-hmm. or maybe even a player like Ashley Hatch. Uh, I think Ashley Hatch has, has played herself in there, but I would say maybe, you know, there's a lot of attacking talent and there's certainly other players that you could see getting in over her. I think Andy Sullivan has firmly played herself onto this roster. Maybe her role, maybe her role is a little bit more in question with Julie Ertz coming back. Uh, and how much she'll play and what, you know, what we'll see. I'll be very curious to see what happens in this game on Tuesday. Does he rest? They've already talked about they're going to wrestle as the bell. And I think that was got enough. Yeah. Well, no, I think it was precautionary and it was like, we're not having what <laughs> we don't need this right now. Well, they, They've said a knock. It okay. could be lies, but they, they have at least said that that's the case. I, I need Ashley Hatch to score in this game. Yes. She's had a number of missed opportunities the last the last few games. I think in Canada was she might have scored in Canada, but I think there were other opportunities where she did not convert. She's got to get back into that level of confidence. She's doing it for fun for the spirit when she's playing. Uh, but I'd like to see her do that. And Ashley Sanchez, you know, I think it it all comes down to how she's playing for the spirit mm-hmm. too. I think that this has not been her best. It has not translated her, the confidence she was playing with the U.S. national team in the summer. Uh, it's not there. She's not dominating games the way she was before. So I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see a performance from her potentially, you know, taking the Rose spot, getting, getting 60 minutes. And I'd like to see hatch. Get, I think Trinity, they might protect a little bit mm-hmm. considering now they're one they're, She's one uh, slot higher on the depth chart now. Uh, but yeah, I just, from a U.S. perspective, I want to make sure we covered off on our bases there. Also, Marissa Shiva played 86 minutes against the United States. Congratulations to her mm-hmm. making her, I think, debut for the Irish national team. I wonder if she plays again tomorrow night, tonight, when this podcast comes out. Yeah, it's tomorrow. We'll it's tomorrow night's the game. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, maybe save some minutes, save some legs um, um, for that. I, I do. One thing I want to see out of the game on Tuesday is I want to see the team come out with a little bit more little bit more energy there was there's been there was very much a lack of energy from the u.s women's team and it was very much like I, maybe they were underestimating ireland a little bit they're not a team that is a certainly i mean even the men's side is not a a world power in soccer and, and the women's side certainly is not but they're still a very competently organized team and i think the spirit kind of underestimated them a little bit and thought they could kind of you know win it in a walk and i think it was a much harder game if you or your company would like to advertise on Kindred Spirits, please email producer Brian at brian at rfkrefugees.com. More creative than a Trinity Rodman celebration, but with less profanity than an Amber Brooks gesture. I can promise you some spirited ugh, ad copy. Back to the show. Um, you know, they get a, a correct but fortunate penalty call to make it to nothing. So, um, you know, obviously the Emily Fox goal was very nice and very well taken. Uh, there wasn't local girl. Th- there wasn't a lot of. I guess what was most disappointing about the game is there was never moments or chances that you were like, that should be a goal. You know, there weren't, there wasn't the creation of sort of the high quality chances that you want to see out of a team that is very much clearly the better side. And we didn't see that a lot in this game. And I think that's what was most disappointing. I think you've, you've seen that over and over again. I think that this team struggles with a compact defense. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not really interested in going forward too much. And it's just going to maybe try to hit them in the counterattack. Like this is this is the struggle that a lot of teams face when they are on paper, you know, mm-hmm. they should dominate. But it's just a question of tactics not being able to to play out the way they want. I'm, you know, like, to your point, I would like to see this be a three, four nothing game tomorrow night uh, just to give us just to give us the is this the last game before the World this Cup? Is, the, yep. the, the, I don't think there are any other the, windows established. So this is it. that's wild. Yeah. 
I guess that's for everybody, right? So everybody will be coming on. All right, well, then the club season matters even more and more. I'm wondering if Flacco tells the, the, the 26, like, tells the coaches for those players, like, hey, you know, maybe reduce minutes uh, in, 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 in June. I mean, maybe I, chill out. I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the poll. Um, they don't have the say anymore, yeah. but now it'll just be like a, you know, mano imano, you scratch your back, I'll scratch my back situation. I don't know. The spirit, I, I want the spirit to get all the points. So that's club over country, folks. If you're listening <laughs> to me and you're new to this or you don't know, that is that is my always default position. So I would love the spirit to to get squeeze all of the juice <laughs> out of these players before we the World Cup happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I very much i i want i want to i want a time. Hopefully, we, I want to reach a time um, where uh, where we're not playing the same team in separate windows. I know why it happens. It's 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 sad that it's the way it happened. That this is the way it happens. I would love it if we could get you know a little bit more of a mix up. Um, but I know it's it's probably. I mean, I think the U.S. soccer could do this. I think it would be. They would get, be able to get less variety in opponents because I think a lot of these teams would be like, well, we're, we're traveling all the way here for this window. And we really our federation doesn't want to pay to travel elsewhere. Um, so give us this game or and, you know, there's I don't I don't think there are many teams that are traveling uh, that are really traveling around uh, like they are in the men's side. Like you see teams from all over come up and there's friendly scheduled, you know, grab El, grab the El Salvador men's team, throw them in the you know stadium. It's not the same, not the same deal, which is unfortunate. Um, but I hope I hope one day we get to a point where we actually get like we get friendlies that are, you know, even just like, a, a you know, invite a couple teams, you know, Mexico comes in or some or Canada or some other side to come in. So Mexico played the Red Stars uh, this week. Yep. And beat the Red Stars. So, yeah. Red Stars just having just catching L's all over the place. Yeah. No matter where they're at. I feel I feel kind of bad for them, but it is what it is. I want to set up uh, our interview here with Aubrey Bledsoe. So. This is, again, this is last week. There's been no game since then, so all information is still good. I hope you enjoy what she has to say about her uh, U.S. aspirations, her leadership role with the team, and sort of what she sees going forward. How how I always ask questions about how NWSL needs to grow. I think it's important that these that players, I want to hear their perspective mm-hmm. rather than just mine. Uh, but I think she's got some some great things to say, and she validates one of my ideas, so that's that's A+. Plus. We could just, <laughs> we could just call, it, call it a day. Uh, but that is coming up uh, right now. Welcome back to Kindred Spirits. We have, I believe, our second interview of 2023. And uh, we, we, we the distinguishment is when you've been on the show more than once, you become a friend of the show. So Aubrey Kingsbury, back for her second appearance. Aubrey, thank you for joining us. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to be a friend of the show. <laughs> We, we we keep saying we're going to hand out green jackets, but it's not quite in the budget yet. So we'll as we grow, we'll we'll make a backlist of people that have to get jackets. Yeah, one day. So yeah, one day, one day. It's it's the dream. Uh, last time we spoke, I think it was right before the championship game, and you were babying a hand injury, a finger injury. Oh, you're right. I remember that. How now. is it? How is it feeling <laughs> now? Are there any sort of long term ramifications oh. for that or? Funny you ask. I, uh, it's your right hand, right? It is. It's my right pinky, and I mm-hmm. actually broke it again uh oh. end of february yeah so um it was looking a little touch and go with the season coming up but it healed pretty quickly and um yeah it obviously did not affect me at all going into our season nope. opener <laughs> not at all goalkeeper hands have probably got to be like basketball player hands oh, at man. a certain point 
Yeah, I, it's, it's hand, hand model is probably not in the cards for a goal. No, I say I have about eight good fingers left, so uh, <laughs> I don't have too many more to spare. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, let's uh, let's let's talk about this year. So the off season, there was lots of attention paid to uh, you know a lot of things that happened. There was a rebrand. Michelle Kang has an opportunity to really put her uh, her money and her sort of behind what she wants to do from a philosophical standpoint. She's able to hire mm -hmm. uh, a new manager, all these things, staffing up sports psychology, big training staff for you. What's had the biggest impact on you. So obviously there's lots of stuff all over the place, but as, as your day to day, what's been the biggest thing that's benefited your, your life at the club? Yeah. Um, I guess time will tell, uh, like you're saying, we have all these resources available to us now and we're, getting exposed to all these um, educational components, you could say. So we're in the beginning phases, I guess, of working with all these different uh, new personnel from uh, some female health experts that they've brought in on like a consultant basis um, through Don Scott, uh, new technology that we've been given access to that helps track uh, anything from sleep and training our heart rate variability uh, and then also um, helps to like predict our, our periods and menstrual cycles um, and we are starting to take new supplements and <laughs> so there's a bunch of new things that we're starting and I think it's more of a, a long-term effects mm -hmm. so not sure exactly what will will be most beneficial TBD. to me. Yeah, exactly. But um, we have a new goalkeeper coach in this year uh, that I've really enjoyed working with him. So that's that's been a fun um, addition and a new rookie goalkeeper, Eliza. So uh, I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, it's it's been a fun crew to work with. Uh, Mike Bristol is his name, our goalkeeper coach. He's very detail-oriented and we'll look at a lot of training film, uh, game film, and sit down as a group and, and learn together. So um, I would say that's been my, my biggest plus this year is just the group that we have together and learning a lot, which is exciting as someone who's been or in the game for a while. Um, the, his ability to still pick out details and ways that I can improve my game is really exciting to me. How do you train? Uh, you're, I, I would say, you know, people who, people who watch you, I think, I think people, I think you seem intense on the field. <laughs> you seem intense during warmups. Like you're very, you're very focused. So I'm sort of curious how you approach, are you as intense in training as you are in, on the, on, on, in the games or is it, do, is there a different Aubrey depending on, you know, the, the part of the week that you're in yeah. match day minus three <laughs> plus three. Whatever. Um, I'm definitely intense. Uh, I like to work hard, love to work hard. Um, you know, I don't, I want to get the most out of my career. So I really value like every day I get to train every rep, but I also love to have fun. I love, uh, banter, <laughs> lighthearted conversation. So, um, it's usually just me kind of chirping <laughs> and trash talking a bit. Um, or just, you know, throwing in little jokes. Um, but yeah, as, as our rookies coming more out of her shell, uh, you know, she'll, she'll say stuff back. Um, but Nicole Barnhart is pretty quiet, so <laughs> haven't gotten her uh, into it too much. But no, we like to joke around, have a good time. But we're also really encouraging the three of us. Um, we love to see each other 
succeed and we all have different things that we're working on like technically and so we see if we see someone get it right like we're there to celebrate that um so it's not any it's not like cutthroat or anything like yes we're all intense we're there to work but at the Mm -hmm. same time we're, we're there to support each other so uh we have a lot of fun at training we get to do a lot of cool stuff if it's mini balls or rebounders if we're working on headers um goalkeeper training is the best so i love it we work hard but it's also uh a good mix of of fun and and play (laughs) right i I, something you said jog another question for me is that i i'd said before i said on the show i said i said it might have said it in our last podcast that it's tough to be your backup because unless you're a national mm. team duty, you are you're the <laughs> Iron Woman, right? You're, you're you and Sam are are going to be in the team sheet. Yeah. And I wondered, I wondered too, if the the dynamic you have right now, which is a rookie goalkeeper and then Barney, who is on the other end of her career potentially, I think you have a situation where there's uh, competition, but maybe not like pointed competition. I don't imagine that uh, Liza is uh, intending to start week one of her NWSL career coming out of college. Is that, do you find that that dynamic this year is uh, not, I wouldn't say better or worse, but just it, does it fit what everyone needs? Does it fit what you need from a goalkeeping room and from uh, uh, rather than having someone that maybe is really, really eyeing your number one shirt at all times and trying to rip it off you maybe? Yeah. It's kind of. I mean, they all want that, obviously. Right, right, but uh, of course, that's everyone's goal to play, right? Um, and mm-hmm. if it wasn't, they would be doing, you know, they would be gone. <laughs> well, that and just doing themselves and each other a disservice because we'll each be at our best and we're pushing each other and um, just raising the bar as a as a group. Um, it's kind of ironic, like you're saying, we're we're all a, a good mix. Barney is, mm-hmm. yeah, forty one. I'm thirty one, and Liza's twenty one. So we. Wow. The three of so us spanned 20 years, which is pretty unheard of. Um, but yeah, I I joke with Liza that she's got it made because she's stepping in as a rookie and um, gets to learn from Barney, who's been a legend and was on the national team for at least a decade, I think. Um, and then me, you know, someone who's aspiring to hopefully make the World Cup squad this summer. Um, and yeah, we're we're just a good mix. Obviously, Barney's seen everything, um, and then me just being kind of the younger generation, and then Liza coming up out of college. She's super athletic and eager to learn, and has a great attitude. So we each read the game differently. We have different styles, and can kind of watch each other and uh, see what we like, see what we don't like, and incorporate it into our own game. But um, yeah, hopefully. Um, I can get back in with the national team and maybe Barney or Liza would have a chance to play this summer. Uh, we'll see, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, <laughs> I know it's probably no fun to be my backup. Um, even with well, yeah, at- my hand injuries, I'm, I'm pushing through it and still playing. Well, if you look at some of the players that played underneath you, like Katie, uh, Katie and, and were you, you were, you were there, you were here in 2020, yeah, right? Yeah. So Katie, Katie Lund, Lund, right. And Devin, and Devin Kerr, Kerr found another job in Houston. Yeah. So it's, it's certainly not a, it's certainly not a career killer. It's certainly <laughs> that even if you don't play under you, yeah, that there's opportunities. Exactly. Also. So you look at it that way. It's yeah. positive. There's a, there's also been a lot of discussion this offseason about player movement. Lots of big, big, big names out. I think I have found as you, as you cover a team, there are two types. Well, there's lots of types of people, but it, from a podcast perspective, there are the casuals that 
only know about the big names or maybe even will come to the first game and be like, where's Kelly O'Hara? What happened? Yeah, right. And then, <laughs> you, and then you have, right, right. And then you have the, the, we call them either MLS or NWSL sickos that know everything that's mm. going on all the time. They are the every week podcast listeners and they know what's going on. Um, but we've seen a lot of big names out, a lot, mostly draft, you know, two players, uh, I think two, uh, mostly just draftees though. Some, some senior players, mostly draftees at the same time. Mark and others have said that this is all a lot of a part or a, a part of a larger process, multi-year process. I speculated without any sort of real basis and knowledge that <laughs> in a very salary cap constrained league, the only place this team can invest without restriction is off the field and player quality of life stuff. Mm. And if you're looking down the line and understand that the NWSL is hard capped, it's what it is. Uh, and that the only real differentiator you have for an NWSL club, if it's not going to be salary, it's going to be everything else, all the off the field stuff. What's what's life going to be like for you as a player of the spirit versus, say, uh, for anywhere else? Um, some people, we always talk about MLS like Messi was never going to come to anywhere other than Miami or LA. Like that, <laughs> there's that. But other than that, it's about like what's you know what's life going to be like for how how much of a professional am I going to feel like? Uh, and it's going to vary from team to team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you think there's something to that? <laughs> is that is that a reasonable assumption? Spot on. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, we're limited by salary caps and how much you can pay a player. But just looking across the league, Michelle has identified that we can gain a competitive advantage if we support the players and um, ramp up our medical staff, our performance staff. Um, we're building out what we're calling a player care department. So these are all relatively new things that other teams aren't offering. Right. So if it's comparable and and you have your pick of where you want to go, the hope is in a couple of years, everyone's going to say, hey, I want to play for the Washington spirit because I will get the most out of my career. Uh, Regardless of money, I know that I'll go to Washington. I'll be supported. I'll have all these resources available to me. And ultimately, that's the kind of player that we want to attract, um, the ones who really want to push and just be the best and contribute to um, some success here in DC. So yeah, you're, you're spot on. That's the, that's the vision. And hopefully in the next couple of years, we can see that play out. You want to be like the Google of NWSL where all the bennies <laughs> are for, for the employees are like, all right, I got, I have, there's a masseuse that's here. I can get my dry clean sent out for free. Yeah, right? There's all the snacks you can want, all that good stuff. Basically. Um, yeah. So new defense, new system of play for 2023. Mark has talked about this being an eight to 10 game period before he feels like the team will be playing the way that he'd like them to all the time. What might the layperson not see about the principles that are new for 2023, either in your position exclusively or maybe in other places? Mark said, like, this is not a we're not game planning and going to be a completely different team for every team we play against. We have, mm. we have principles. Ninety five percent of us is going to be us every game. And then five percent will adjust to try to get advantage of you know, what other, other team is giving us, but what, what do you see? What's changed from, I, you know, that somebody that is not a NWSL sicko might not notice. <laughs> um, yeah. Like Mark's saying, it's going to take some time for us to show exactly what his vision is and the way we want to play. Obviously coming out our season opener at Audi, it was a bit chaotic. <laughs> the pitch was <laughs> not what we expected and just, being the first game of the season, it's always a little bit of kickball and um, nerves and just getting that out of your system. And then we went out to Louisville on the weekends and faced like 30 mile per hour winds. So that was 
a challenge itself as well. So hopefully game three, <laughs> a little bit more of our, our skill and style. But um, with all the new players we have and new tactics, new system, um, you'll start to see we've, we're playing a four four two with Hatch and Trin up top, which is new for us this year. And I think it's exciting because it gets the two of them running at goal. Right. Um, both of them are incredibly great finish, finishers and dangerous players. So that's one thing that you can look out for. Um, Ashley Sanchez in the 10 is an incredible passer, um, super creative player with great vision. And I think she's just going to thrive and just feed assists all season long <laughs> and hopefully get some goals herself. Um, so, yeah, we've got that. The attack, it's uh, a very high-energy, high-pressing team. We want to win the ball up higher on the field and centrally. So then, again, we can get um, our dangerous attacking players on the ball in, in good positions and generate high-quality chances. So I would say we're definitely focused on the attacking end of things. Um, and then defensively, just a bit more organized than last year, um, particularly with the way we defend crosses uh, and we're working mm -hmm. on, it may seem small, but things like clearances, you know, <laughs> it's some, it's a skill that you need practice and repeti repetition with. So we've been getting a lot of that in the pre in the preseason and we have a couple converted defenders. So Dorian mm -hmm. and Tara particularly. That, that was noticed yeah, <laughs> even by surprise. the non-sickos. I, I know because it's right. Like, the spirit didn't draft any defenders, so who's going to play defense? <laughs> so um, just that will take some time. They're, they're already doing so well. I'm really proud, um, especially to get a shutout against Seattle that first game. Like that, That's a tough test for, for our defense, and they did tremendously. So a good start for us, but, um, yeah, hopefully as we – continue to get into the next month or two uh, will be a lot sounder defensively and then uh, mm -hmm. just more possession and high energy, high attacking team. I can ask you this now instead of waiting to ask market yeah. uh, on, on Thursday uh, on the, on the goal, on the corner. Uh -huh. um, is there, is there a zonal marking in the box or is there, there just wasn't a lot of attacking of the ball from the center backs or from the defenders sort of inside the six. It was very compact, but it, you know, the ball, it, it seemed to, it seemed to not really uh, move the players as the ball was moving in. Is there an, either a new defensive scheme for guarding corners? I know it was a, it was a problem last year. That was a, a lot of goals were given up on either set pieces or corners. That was, that happened in 2020. Yeah. I think one and maybe 22. What what happened there from, um, from where you were well, sitting? Well, first of all, I'll take the blame. <laughs> um, it's definitely, it was within my range to come claim. Uh, I just misread it, to be honest, with the wind. Um, I thought with it being an outswinger that it would kind of carry on, kind of outside the six. Away from you. Um, and it yeah. seemed to just kind of die and almost curl in, <laughs> which I wasn't expecting <laughs> as, as a left-footed outswinger. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I know it didn't didn't look great because Sammy just got jumped over by Abby Ursig. She came in with some power. <laughs> yeah, she got yeah, dunked on pretty well yeah. there. So that was. <laughs> but um, yes, that's not on Sam. That that's on me to kind of claim that space. But yeah, we're definitely defending with more of a zone. So the the thing is, a zone is only effective if if you win your individual battle in the zone. 
and then anyone right. who's running into the zones is going to have a bit more of momentum. So that's something that we'll have to work on is making sure that players like Abby Ersig aren't coming up for the alley-oop, you know, right <laughs> in right. our box. So, uh, yeah, because it's just tough to win <laughs> over someone who's got this powerful run-up against you. Um, but, yeah. Right. I'm thinking Taylor Cordiac yeah, too. That would right? be another player that you'd have to game plan for. <laughs> yeah. Well, that it makes sense. That finish, makes it, you're, re- you're right. We, we need to do better. We need to win our battles. And like I said, it's, it's ultimately on me because um, that should be, that should be my ball to come win. That very magnanimous <laughs> of you. And that makes sense too. That, that everyone's, so everyone's reaction makes sense within light of that. Your, your reaction, thinking the ball is going to carry away from you and their reaction and looking somewhat, inert as it coming in that, that all makes sense yeah now. i think that was zonal marking <laughs> it was with crazy zonal marking is one of those things that when it works no one talks about it but when it doesn't work it's like why are we doing this this is dumb like, across the world ever it's just the way yeah. it goes i mean the thought anyway is you protect the spaces that are most dangerous right so why kind of waste mm-hmm. players kind of running around in areas that we don't care if they win a header they're not going to score so we're we're picking to defend the most dangerous spaces. But again, you have to win those individual battles or the zone loses its power. It makes sense. It's certainly, certainly logical. I asked you about your one-on-one skills a few weeks ago and everyone inside (laughs) and outside the locker room agrees that this is something that really sets you apart uh, across the league. And do you feel that that's, is this something that is more instinctual and natural talent based than anything else? Or do you, specifically you work on everything in training but is there a spell like all right i know there there seems to be a lot of occasions where something happens and i it, i'm called on to make this one-on-one save and uh is that something that you're you're practicing on specifically in training or is it just uh, part of the regular you know no more than anything else i've actually got to give a lot of credit to ashlyn harris and lloyd yaxley um i played behind ashlyn in orlando when i was with the pride in 2016 and 2017 And she was one of the first female goalkeepers to really nail the technique that we call the spread, which is when you see a goalkeeper basically do the splits. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And that, so that was taught to me by her and and my goalkeeper coach Lloyd. And um, it's, it's really difficult to teach to be honest, but just watching her and learning from her and, and Lloyd, I learned that there. And that's been something that continued to refine, um, just the timing and the balance and the decision of, of when to use it. And I would say I, I found myself uh, having to use it a lot more than I would like yep. to <laughs> yep. um, with the spirit because of our shaky defending at times. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you call Sam the Iron Woman. Uh, her and I have played together now for I think five years. Um, but really, besides that, has been a revolving door of outside sure. backs, of center backs. Um, there's really not been any sort of consistency w- with the back line um, across, yeah, the past five years. So with that comes a lot of opportunities, <laughs> like you're saying, to practice. So, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I've refined I like it the way you frame that. That's yeah, a growing, yeah, yeah, that's growing right. opportunities, right? <laughs> that blade gets sharpened by use, yes, so it's very yes. sharp. Um, no, <laughs> that makes sense. it is one of my strengths, and I've told Parsons that when he first got into the team, um, and he was kind of asking us all, like, "What what do we bring to the table? What are 
players' strengths, what do we contribute to the team? Um, but he has promised me that uh, there will be less of those this year. So <laughs> that we'll see. Is That's what he hope. says. We'll I see. We'll keep him. Let's keep him honest. Have, I want to show off a little less. You know. <laughs> He said he said the same thing. He said to Sam, to Sam that it wasn't going to be just hoofing it up the field and exactly. clearing it. There was going to be playing the ball. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll hold them to that. Yeah, we'll check back exactly, in twelve games right? and see where we're at. Settle an argument for me. The tale of two halves cliche that soccer always seems to put forward. That and two two zero being the most dangerous mm, lead, and we got both of yeah. those in one game. Did you see Louisville come out and do something different tactically? Or was it just the way the game played out and that it just seems there just happened to be a natural break in between uh, the two, the two halves. Cause just, if you look at an expected goal perspective, it looks like the game sort of flipped in the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah. I think they just wanted it a little bit more. Um, they seem to win a lot of the second balls and a lot of the, the duels. Um, and I think we just lost a little bit of our bite. You know, um, not that we got complacent, but I think we all walked into the locker room thinking like we had done the hard work. We right could have right. had three. We this game right. is a walk. We were up to zero. We are firmly in control. They really weren't threatening. Um, but that's honestly what this league is. If if you're yeah. not hundred percent, like it can turn so quickly. So uh, I think that's kind of the lesson learned. Um, haven't done like a tactical review of it yet just to look specifically at what they did or uh, what we did. Um, but I think obviously we lost Sanchez there. Um, Nicole Douglas did a great job, but in general, our chances, again, the wind, everything was running out of bounds at the end line or going all the way to Katie Lund. Um I didn't feel like we were very dangerous. Uh, so yeah, a, a mix of both, maybe tactically, they made some adjustments that we didn't match. And then also, I don't think we matched their intensity. And so, yeah, like that, like I said, you've got to play 90 plus minutes in this league or, um, yeah, you really got to learn to grind out the wins. I love that. I love the joke you made, uh, after the rain game saying that, uh, last year's spirit would have, uh, taken a one nil lead and lost three, one, uh, after an extra time. Yeah, but well, yeah. so I think that that you you you've locked in on something, right? Like, still, the, mental toughness is still yeah. a thing. Yeah. That this team is is going to work on, sure. and I think that you know, from the outside, it seems like you need a run of seeing yourself holding those results out, or maybe coming from behind, and like sort of proof in the pudding type of thing. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not a super young. If you look at the eleven, it's not a super young team. You've got you've got some veterans in there, so you've got players that have played in this league and and know that's the case. Uh, some some of them in new positions, but I think that that's going to come with time. But it's good that that's you know as a leader in the team that you've already identified. Like, all right, guys, <laughs> this is certainly we've we've got to be we've got to be sharp all the time, no matter who we're playing, no matter what the score Definitely. is. Definitely, and that was uh, the I first goal we've conceded. The first time we've had to kind of battle back. So, um, like you're saying, it takes that's almost like a mental rep. You know, is all right when this mm-hmm. happens let's refocus, let's re-energize each other and, and get back in this and do what we do. So I think we just didn't get back to playing the way uh, that we wanted to play. So it just made things a little more difficult on ourselves. And that second goal was unstoppable. Yeah, so, you know, that little, just happens sometimes. The, <laughs> the, 
the the 25 pass buildup was a little bit more frustrating, I think, maybe than the uh, than the unstoppable goal. But that that if you watch the highlight on that, it's, you're like, wow, this is this is <laughs> this is not good. There's there's they're they're building a head of steam here going to the box. Yeah, but I think two. It's tough. Well, I, I know that we get in trouble. People who you know are are watching the team and talking about the team, trying to predict points on the board. Like, look at the schedule and think, right. all right, this team is where this team is. So. And it's a folly in NWSL, particularly it feels like this year and even really last year too, that there is such uh, every off season, either, either through expansion or something else, all the pieces get thrown up in the air. Players move so much styles change, coaches get fired, new coaches come in that you are to make any prediction before the season starts is complete folly and a waste of everyone's time. So all the journalists <laughs> should be like, we're just not going to do a preview this year. It's just, who knows? Talk to me in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll revisit at that point. There's just no way to predict this league is the parody and the change that's constant or make it so hard to know where you're going to stack up until you play the, play the team. Yeah. The field. I agree with you hundred percent. I, I saw a lot of people predicting us to finish 10th. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Anyone can be anyone. Who knows? It's day. tough to say. You may think are a walk in the park, you lose two, and then the rain, who are gonna probably be one of the better teams, we won, you know? So you yep. just never And won. you beat them twice and you dominated yeah. them last year. You you took right? points from them every time you played them last year. So exactly. who knows? Don't bet MLS, don't bet NWSL. <laughs> That's my advice to you. So I don't true. follow my own advice all the time. Just don't do it. It's not, you're not, you know nothing when you're making those bets. Kim McCauley wrote about your national team situation for ESPN this week. I'm not sure if you saw it. Maybe Mm -hmm. you did. Um, And it sort of places your league performance up against your contemporaries and says, you should be getting more of a shot than you're getting with, with multiple regimes. I know this is always a tricky subject for players because of, you know, everything that's said is public and, you know, Mm yeah, I I asked that to Ashley Hatch too. I said sort of before, before she was in this position that she's in now. Right. I was like, this is before she won the golden boot. I said, what do they want you to do? more?" <laughs> she's like score. I was like, all right, well that makes sense. And then she's wins the golden boot and now finds herself in the team more often yeah. than not. Um, is the coaching staff, is there, are there things that the coaching staff is asking you specifically to improve on even in years where you won the golden glove or the year when you won the championship and the performance that you did, are there, are there things that they're saying we want to see more of this or are they basically just like, listen, this is just a deep position and it is what it is. What's the, what's the dialogue that goes on for you with the coaches? Yeah. Um, for me, it's kind of like catchy, you know, score as a goalkeeper. They want me to help win points for the team. Um, and obviously last year, uh, that was a very difficult task for me. Um, sitting mm-hmm. at the bottom of the table. Um, we just, many times gave up leads uh, and would get scored on at the end and either tie or lose. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get back to um, just having that confidence in myself that regardless of what's happening in front of me, like being ready to make the save and not kind of, um, you know, play down to any level that uh, we may be in, which, which is difficult, right? Like, and same for, right. um, all the other girls on the national team last year, like it's hard to look good when your team is not looking good and when you're not winning. Um, sure. So I'd say that's, but the challenge of the challenge of course, is that they were still you know, last year was last year. And I don't think anyone watching the team was like, boy, the spirit, the reason the spirit are where they're at is the goalkeeping <laughs> situation. That was, that was not what yeah, anyone was saying. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I sympathize. I feel like it's, it's a challenge. It was a challenge for Ashley then where it's stuff that's out of your control. And it's so much about, 
you know, other people. It's about what other mm-hmm. people are doing and what other people think about the way it's just your, it's a, it's a uniquely challenging thing that people in normal walks of life do not yes. have to deal with. So I, I really sympathize with sort of, particularly when it's something that matters oh, to yeah. you, right? And something you really want to be, you've, you've dedicated enough of your time and life to this, that that's the highest level and you want to get to yeah, it. Yeah, so. for sure. It's, it's I, still I my dream and goal to make the World Cup. And um, yeah, I believe that I've got a good chance of it and hopefully we'll keep um, playing well at the beginning of the season and um, team success will will bring individual success to all of us and hopefully get a lot of players on that World Cup roster. Um, but yeah, I don't envy Vladko. He's got a, a tough job of selecting the right team. Um, and and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, of course, like I said, I, mm-hmm. I want to be there. Um, but for me, it's just focusing on what I can control. Um, and I know that I'm continuing to improve, and I know that I would have a lot to offer the national team in, in helping us win a World Cup if I were to be selected. So uh, we'll see as um, April and, and May continue here uh, how we do, but just trying to focus on um, good trainings, good performances in the match, and hopefully the results will take care of themselves and, and I might get a look and a chance to be on that roster. It's a, it's definitely a tough job and it's an, I'm talking about Vladko, it's a tough job and it's an easy <laughs> job, right? You've got the, you've got the, the player pool that you would right. dream to have, but also like, you know, with all of the, with all of the, con, you know, congestion in the different spots, you have to make these rules that you proclaim that sometimes you, sometimes you have to not do them and do like, it's, it's not like a situation where there is a law of the land and I will only select this and this. Well, you're seeing that from this latest window, like the, the, the challenge is like, uh, as you're selecting players and some get called in and some don't, there is, that's the, that's the tough part. If you're yeah. the coach of, I don't want to say country, another country, just one that is maybe not number one or two or three in the FIFA world rankings all the time. You've got players that, you know, you've got, you've got a couple players that are automatic call-ins, but then other than that, it's like, you know, we'll, we'll cycle some players out. It's not a big deal, but they could start. I think I said it last year. The U.S. could start an A team and a B team, and both of them would probably be in the top five or top six of the world rankings oh, yeah. if you could. If yeah, they could I play at the same. I would love to see That's that. That's just a weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That would be great. Um, all right. This is something I always talk about, and I would. I love to hear your perspective on it because it matters a lot more than mine. A call up is always good. It gets you closer mm-hmm. to where you want to be ultimately. But often the NWSL doesn't pause for international mm-hmm. windows. Thankfully, they are this time. But uh, you found. You have found yourself away from the club team for stretches while also not getting game mm-hmm. time with the national team. Does the quality of the training and the coaching you get when you're with the national team and sort of the being in the environment to hopefully, you know, that's a good way to get to where you want to be is being mm-hmm. around, right? But does that does that make up for you the lack of match fitness you're missing with the team or, you know, anything that's going on? Or maybe a hole you find yourself in when you come back to the club team because you've been gone? What's what's the thinking behind that for you from like a personal perspective, but then also like maybe a holistic uh, Well, that's way. a good question. Um, so the camps are generally short within the season. So right now the national team is away. They've got two friendlies against Ireland. So they're gone for about a 10-day stretch. And they'll kind of hit the ground running just because they've got a lot to prepare for in such a little bit of time. But then when you have the longer tournaments, so last summer I was gone for a month at the mm-hmm. – um, CONCACAF qualifiers. Um, and there I was named the three pretty early on. And as you get into all those matches, um, 
Casey and Alyssa were playing and I wasn't. And just as a goalkeeper, being the number three, um, it's unique. Your job is mainly to make sure that the others are prepared. So I would say as we got into the thick of the game schedule, uh, I wasn't getting as many reps. Um, and that's totally normal. It has nothing to do with, with me, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of the nature of the three and making sure that the one and the two are ready to go. Um, and then, of course, not not playing games. Um, I didn't quite realize it until I got back to the spirit, but um, I did suffer a little bit just in being sharp in those game decisions, um, just either doubting mm-hmm. uh, my instincts or just not feeling as mentally sharp. Um, because to be honest, like the game is quite easy physically, but the challenge is to stay locked in to continue scanning the field, seeing where the threats are, um, make sure positioning is right for the whole course of 90 minutes. Um, so that's where I was like, oh, wow. I, uh, I feel, yeah, a little rusty. Um, and I had a couple of poor performances, I would say, coming back from that. Um, so, yeah, being gone for an extended period of time and, and not getting playing time, uh, something that... Um, was a challenge for me to deal with. So um, it's tough to prevent that because again, only one keeper plays. So um, mm-hmm. there's going to be two others that, that don't get minutes and aren't staying fresh in that sense. Then when they get back with their club teams, but um, yeah, that that's definitely the biggest challenge for me as a goalkeeper is staying confident when you're not getting playing time. Um, I was still getting good training. Um, you know, nothing's better than being with the national team. It is mm-hmm. hardcore, like cutthroat, like intense, <laughs> fast paced. Um, so that, that's great. But yeah, it's just what counts is then those game moments when you get, um, when you get back with your club team. So hopefully this coming summer, um, you know, having experienced that once I can hopefully remain confident and get back with my club and not lose a beat. But um, that is, yeah, that's the particular challenge as a goalkeeper. Do you wish, do you wish NWSL always paused no matter what the situation was? Uh, That's tough because the summers when you see us have our big crowds and um, yeah, I think as, as a fan, you know, you're saying we have these what casual fans and then the sickos, (laughs) like the casual fans Mm -hmm. may lose a little bit of interest. Um, so we want to continue to build up that momentum. And it's also a great opportunity to get other players experience and to increase their profiles. Like we've got so many better players than the ones that are on the national team. So those games give those younger players an opportunity to shine. So I wouldn't say that um, it should pause all the time when the national team players are gone. But I think how, what we're doing this years is good where you've got a little bit of a break i think maybe for one or two mm-hmm. weekends um while they're gone but it'll be interesting to see the solution going forward because this will be a recurring problem you know we've got the olympics next year right yeah forever. so i know there's been talk about changing the schedule uh again that wouldn't be great with all the markets like i am not going to play in seattle chicago or new york in <laughs> November, December, January, no way. December. So right. I don't know that there's an easy solution, but it's something that we're starting 
to talk about amongst the NWSLPA and with the league. It's one of those situations that is unsolvable because oftentimes the answer is, well, the season should not be as long. And then all the owners are like, that's a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. We don't like that one. That's a bad one. <laughs> it's the same thing for baseball. Like the WBC, everyone loved it. They're like, okay, well, we should do it in the middle of the season while everyone's, you know, sort of game fit and all the pitchers that play uh, normally would, would want to do it. And then they were like, yeah, they would have to lose about 20 home games each team. And they were like, nope, we're not doing that. We're doing it yeah. training forever. I don't care that it makes it better. That's the, that's the challenge, right? It's the, it's the sport and the business and all the things that go into it that, uh, you know, need to work for right. it to exist. Sure. I got two more questions for you, Aubrey. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, the question, this is another question that I got asked in a post game conference and it's been followed up, I think by a couple of different interviews, but you have gotten a formal field promotion and leadership. You're wearing the captain's armband. And I know that there's a large leadership committee in place and many mm-hmm. veteran voices in the locker room. How do you characterize your individual leadership style? And do you think it manifests itself more on the field by being vocal or in the locker room or in training, or maybe just in social settings and pulling someone aside and, you know, being a leader that way? What's, how do you, how do you put yourself as a leader? Where, do, where does it stand out? I think I'm best in smaller groups. Um, just with a couple players, just getting to know each person individual um you know why they play what motivates them um and connecting with them uh and staff members included uh i try to get to know everybody and um not so much a even though you might think from the field i don't love to draw attention to myself or scream and shout other than directions to the defenders (laughs) um but yeah i'm still kind of working on that as as we get into the season and now I'm stepping into maybe a bit larger of a role, but like you said, we've got a leadership group of six. So it's not so much asking me to step up and deliver these great pregame speeches or uh, really dig in and do stuff outside of what comes naturally to me. I think, like I said, I'm better with small group settings and just connecting individually and, trying to encourage everyone and bring out the best in them. Um, so hopefully through the rest of the group, if we've got someone who's more outspoken, they can um, step in and rally the troops, so to speak, if needed. Yeah. They can do the yeah. rah-rah stuff. Um, they can, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think, I think too, it'll be good. I th- there was a quote that, that came out from, I think, Andre's interview with Andy in the offseason, who's asking her if she wanted input into the coaching, uh, the coaching player. And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to do it. I want to yeah. just play. Please leave. Basically, you know, the subtext is like, let me just do, let me just be a professional soccer player and not maybe also a labor <laughs> organizer, maybe not also a person like a, like a comms, a comms director writing letters on behalf of, of teams. I, I think that if you're going to become a formal leader for this team, this it's, it's now is the time versus maybe having to be the, and you were doing it too, but you were in all those post game <laughs> press conferences with Andy yeah. too when it was like, let's ask yeah. you really impossible questions that you shouldn't have to answer. Now, hopefully, right, you, know, more fun. you know, you can never say, but it feels like the waters are a little <laughs> you know, smoother, it's, right? It's true. That's yeah. that's a great point. Um, credit to Andy. She had to really navigate some difficult situations. Uh, of course, in the past, me and Tori were, were there to help, but she had a heavy burden on her from reading statements, you know, asking our owner to step down or um, things against the coach 
answering big questions yeah. about sort of racial equality. Yeah, she she, she got asked. She handled them amazingly. And it was the problem. This is always the <laughs> curse of success is that you get asked more. Every time they would ask us, like, who do you want to talk Aww. to? After games? Like Andy, yeah. because Andy hits these home runs every time. But she's also probably like, can I yeah. just go home after the game? Like, can yeah. I stop? And I get honestly, it. Honestly, that's something that we're hoping that Andy will be able to do this year is just um, she is she's the vice captain, but hopefully she'll just breathe a little bit and uh, be able to enjoy playing and just have a great year. I'm really excited to hopefully watch her at the World Cup and see her um, make her name known on the world stage. So I hope that that can be true for her. Um, but yeah, I think the role of a captain and what professional athletes are asked to do these days is is changed dramatically with um, just, yeah, the rise of social media and uh, information and how much just content people want to digest and look to social mm-hmm. or yeah, sorry. As we make some. Yeah, just look to athletes to have <laughs> <laughs> opinions and be very knowledgeable about all the different um, issues of the day. So it's it's a lot to kind of keep up with in ter- terms of, you know, knowing what to say to that. And then also just focus on, on playing, which is really our, our true love. <laughs> the actual job. <laughs> yeah. It's it's big other duties as assigned energy for for all that, for that leadership stuff. It's like, all right, your job is to be a professional soccer player, but there may be other things that come up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. well, there's a lot of things yeah. that come up. Um, to to wrap up, I wanted to be clear in asking you this: you are still a yeah, young player. You're only you. 31. I'm 37, <laughs> so you're 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 Appreciate just starting. <laughs> uh, you have many years ahead of you, but I think I've heard you talking about trying to take advantage of. There's business education opportunities, stuff that came up when Michelle joined about getting you guys connected to people sort of in the business community, getting you either education or training opportunities that weren't there before, maybe, or even I think some, mm-hmm. some of them were there before, actually. Have you given thought to what you'd like to do when you're done playing? And I think something you said beforehand might might. might yeah, I'm that. actually almost done with my MBA. I've got, um, I mean, awesome. two classes this semester, and then I'll take one in the fall, and I'll be, yeah, yeah. Um, have my master's. So I'm excited for that. And uh, thank you. Congrats. Not sure exactly what would be next, but um, it's been fun to pursue things outside of soccer. Uh, It definitely doesn't take away from the preparation that I put into playing and uh, video analysis and, and things like that. But it's nice to have a bit of an outlet and something else to focus on. So um, I don't know. I, I would love to own a bakery with my sister one day. That's one of my, uh, that's cool. I would love to own an end of a cell club or be a GM or, um, some sort of role in the front office. So that part appeals to you that off the field soccer stuff. Um, doesn't. Honestly, the longer I play, I, I don't know how I would ever be able to truly step away. (laughs) It's just so fun. (laughs) It's a big hole in the resume. It's a challenge. Like I got an MBA, like when's the last job you had that wasn't soccer? (laughs) Well, it's been a bit. It's so (laughs) fun being around a team. I honestly love what I do. I've never enjoyed my job any more than I do this year. Um, And that's a big testament to Michelle and the resources that she is pouring into this club and specifically towards us players. So Michelle is obviously very connected and wants to present us with a lot of opportunities to learn and grow and evolve uh, into whatever else we want to pursue. So I'm just looking forward to meeting new people and trying new things and we'll see where that takes me. 
That's awesome. I love, I know I love whenever I see, you know, anybody on the team that's got like a, you know, an Instagram ad where they're selling something. I'm like, good, good. They're like, <laughs> it's like, uh, Trinity is like the queen of this right now. She is, I don't know, her, her oh, deals yeah. team is going bananas right now. She's, she's doing great. <laughs> but I love it. I love it when Aww. any of the players sort of get that, yeah. that exposure. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're, I think it's, to your point, it's great to not have to be one thing all the time and getting to have that outlet, I think is probably, I think everyone needs that. I bet it, it would be healthy if every player was able to, I mean, I, you know how the time mm-hmm. commitment is, you know, it's a challenge, but like, I think that's, that's, I think that's yeah, a valuable thing. I'm glad you're sure. doing it. It's a good thing to do. Aubrey, thank you so much for taking the time for yeah. the show. We really do always appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of social media. Yeah. Speaking of social media, I always try to, you know, get well, the the kindred spirit effect of maybe four or five Ooh. new followers on your uh, Instagram page. What are what's your uh, what's your handle on Instagram? At Obs Kingsbury, but Instagram I'm still at Aubrey Bledsoe because I do not know how to change my handle. They will not let me. <laughs> um, so yeah, if anyone out there knows someone at Instagram support, <laughs> would love to change it. Yeah, I think that I think. The, it's a lot easier to get Instagram support than Twitter support these <laughs> right? days. So that we, that's a possibility. Yeah, That's a possibility. Aubrey, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the uh, weekend without a game and we'll see you back yeah, on the field you, uh, the following weekend. Appreciate it. Nice to talk to you. See ya. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Monday Development, available to help you with all of your real estate needs. To get started on your next real estate investment, visit mondaydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com.